The following shiur is presented by Dayan Shlomo Cohen, Dayan in Beddin Ahavat Shalom in Yerushalayim, an author of Pure Money. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. Hi everybody, this is Rabbi Shlomo Cohen with a shiur on Parshat Toldot. In this week's Parsha, Parshat Toldot, we have a famous story of the bracha that Yitzchak gave to his two sons, Yaakov and Esav. And we see in the Parsha uh, a, a very strange thing which raises a lot of questions that Yitzchak wanted to give his bracha to Esav and Yaakov cheated by dressing up as if he was Esav and going in to take advantage of the fact that Yitzchak was blind to fool Yitzchak that he is Esav and somehow to take the bracha for himself. And he actually did that. And he got away with it at first. Yitzchak didn't realize that this is Yaakov. He thought it was Esav. Yaakov fooled him. And we have to understand, how was Yaakov allowed to do what he did? We all know that there's an Isur in the Torah of what's called Gnevat Dat. Gnevat Dat means to fool someone. Any type of deceit falls into the category of Gnevat Dat. Gnevat Dat doesn't necessarily involve saying anything. And we know how Chazal explained that when Yitzchak ben Yaakov was there in front of Yitzchak, he didn't say any lies. He said, Ani bincha. He said, I'm your son. Bechocha, Esav. And your firstborn is Esav. So, but he tricked him. How can we say that that was okay for him to say, Ani bincha, Bechocha, Esav? That we know that he was trying to trick him into understanding that he is Esav, taking advantage of the fact that he can't see and that Yitzchak Yaakov was dressed up in Esav's clothes. How was, how was Yaakov allowed to do what he did? This is something we have to understand. And Bezrat Hashem, stay with me till the end of the shiur and I hope we'll have some understanding about this. And remember here, he didn't even lie. To lie, of course, says the Torah, Midvar Tirchak. We have to keep away from lies. So it certainly can't be allowed to say an outright lie. But we see from the Isur of Geneva Dat that even if you don't say an outright lie, your actions by fooling someone else can be uh, are, are prohibited according to Jewish law. Let's take a look 
at the Isur of Genevat Dat first, of fooling someone else. Says the Gemara, and this is all brought down in the Shulchan Aruch as well in Chosh and Mishpat. Let's say you're selling your slave and he's got white hair. So you want to dye his hair black so he looks young. That is considered as Geneva Dat. But let's take a more practical example. You're in the market selling fruits and on the top you have all the good fruits, the ones that are beautiful looking, and underneath you have older produce. The customer comes along and he sees the stuff on the top and he says, wow, this looks like really good stuff, good price, I'm going to buy it. And then when he buys, you give him from the bottom and you don't give him the good price, the good stuff that he saw. That is Gnevadat. That is fooling someone else. If you go to a wedding, right, and they have now these safes at the wedding and you put an envelope into the safe with your gift for the, for the family and you stand around by the safe filling in an envelope but then you put an empty envelope in in front of everybody. Everyone's watching and you put an empty envelope in there. They don't know that it's empty. They think, wow, what a big guy this is. What a large donator this is. What a brilliant donation he's made. When really the envelope is empty and you're just doing a show for everyone to think that you're a really good guy. That is the Isur of Genevat Dat. If you go to a, a barbecue and you bring along a bottle of wine, but actually it's an empty bottle of wine, but no one can see that. And you go in front of everybody and you put it on the table with all the other bottles of wine so everyone can see what you're doing. That too is Genevat Dat. You're cheating other people into thinking things of you which aren't true. What about if you inject your meat with red dye so that it looks like it's really red, fresh, ju fresh juicy meat when really it's much older? That also is included in the Isur of Geneva Dat. If everybody's doing it, then it wouldn't be a special Isur because... The buyers know that everyone's doing it. Well, they should know that everyone's doing it. But if they don't, most people don't do it. And you just do some trick like that to make things look like, make it look like um, your produce is better than everyone else's. That's an issue of Geneva, that. Let's say you're selling your house. And you put the price up way over the normal price and you find a buyer who doesn't know that this house isn't worth so much. He's not an expert in prices. So we know that there's a general issue in the Torah of overcharging. But we're told by Chazal, and this is the way the Shulchan Aruch rules as well, that it doesn't apply to land. It doesn't apply to real estate deals. The Isur of overcharging doesn't apply to real estate. Could be a number of reasons for that. Some people say that with real estate, people are prepared to pay high prices, and so it's not really relevant. Others say that it doesn't really make any sense, and it's a Gzerata Katuv. It's a Gzerata Katuv that in the cases of real estate, in real estate deals, there's no Isur 
of overcharging as far as the Isra of overcharging is concerned. But, says the Sma, that there is nevertheless an Isur of Genevadat. By overcharging, you're cheating the other person. So there's definitely going to be an Isra. And by the way, this Isra of Genevadat applies not only to a Jew, but also to a non-Jew. We see that clearly. There's no heta to be, to be stealing the dat of a non-Jew. It applies equally to everybody. It's an isur, right? It's an isur from the Torah to cheat and deceive other people. The only heta we have for Genevat dat is when the other person fools himself. The Torah tells us, the Gemara, excuse me, tells us a, a story about Mazutra, that him and some other Tamidei Hachamim went for a walk in the forest. And while they were walking in the forest, they saw another very important rabbi who was on his way to Jerusalem. On his way to their town. I don't know if it was Jerusalem. He was on his way to their town. And this rabbi saw these two great rabbis that were out for a walk. And he immediately presumed that they are a... Um, a special party that was sent to greet him. And he said to them, wow, it's so good of you to have come specially to greet me on my way to town. When in actual fact, neither of them even knew that he was supposed to be arriving. And one of them said that to him because he didn't want to have any problems of Genevadat. And he said, no, you know, we must tell you the truth. We didn't actually come specially to meet you. We were just walking around in the forest and we just happened to meet you. We didn't come specially to meet you. Don't get the wrong impression. He wanted to be very, very honest. And the other rabbi that was with him, I can't remember the names right now, he said to him, you know, you didn't need to tell him that. You didn't need to tell him that we didn't come specially to meet him. Why? Where's, where, what about the Isur of Genevat Dad? The Isur of Genevat Dad is when I cheat you. But if you cheat yourself, if you yourself cheat, if you cheat yourself and I didn't cheat you, then there's no Issa involved in that. The Issa is when I cheat you, not if you cheat yourself. In this case of the rabbi that was coming to town, he cheated himself. He cheated himself into thinking that they came to visit him. They didn't have to tell him the truth. They didn't have to go out of their way and say anything. They just said, they can just smile, yeah, yeah, yeah. And leave him in his illusion that they came to specially greet him. It can, we don't want to insult him, right? It might be insulting to say to him that we didn't come to meet you if he thinks that we did. Okay? So there's, the only time that we have a heter for Genevat Dad is when the other person is fooling himself. In any situation like that, there's no problem. The Gemara says when the Jewish slaughterhouse had meat that something went wrong with its shkita and a Jew, it was unfit for Jewish consumption. It wasn't considered as kosher. So they used to announce that we have today meat for the non-Jews. They wouldn't announce that we have meat that we can't eat that's not kosher and so therefore we're selling to the non-Jews because that would be insulting to them. They would just say, we have meat for the non-Jews today. 
if the non so there may be the non-Jews don't want to buy meat that the Jews are throwing away. It's an insult for them. It's not respectful for them to buy meat that the Jews are throwing away. And if they were to know the truth that the Jews are throwing it away, they may not buy it. Nevertheless, we're not tricking them. We're saying we have meat today for the non-Jews and they would be fooling themselves into thinking that it's also kosher. A Jew would also eat this meat. It's not just meat that they're throwing to me. Okay? But does that apply in the case of Yitzchak and Yaakov? I don't think so. The way that the Torah tells us the story, it doesn't sound like Yitzchak is fooling himself. Yaakov did actions to fool him. So how could he do it? Let's, before we can understand it, I want to read to you a portion of Rabbi Desler in Mikhtav Me'eliyahu that he explains this very nicely. But let's get into the whole idea of lying as well, not just Ganevat Dad. Ganevat Dad, we've explained. Let's talk about the Isur of lying in the Torah. We have to keep away. We keep, have to keep away from telling lies. The Gemara in Masechet Sanhedrin tells us. How, what does it mean to keep away from lies? It tells us a story like this. There was a guy who someone owed him money. And this is a very trustworthy person who's owed the money. But he's got no witnesses. And he knows that the other guy is going to lie. So he says to a friend of his, or maybe even a student of his, who knows that he would never lie. And he says to him, you know, this guy owes me a thousand dollars. And he's going to deny it in Beidin, and I don't have any witnesses. I would like you to do me a favor. Come to court with me and just stand there. Don't say anything. Just stand there. He'll see you. Maybe he'll think that you're a witness and therefore he'll admit to the truth rather than be proved to be a liar. I'm not asking you to say a word. If the judge asks you, "Do you? what are you here for? You're going to give witness? You say, no, 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 I'm not. But just in case there's a chance because that would be lying to say that you're a witness. And even though you know that I'm telling the truth, you're not allowed to say a line, but did. So all I want you to do is just stand there. So he'll think that maybe I have a, sec- I have a witness. And because of that, he might admit to the truth that he owes me this money. Says the Gemara, it's also to do that. Even just to stand there because of midvar sheketirchak. That we have to keep away from lies. You see how far, how far we're expected to keep away, even something like that. The Rambam, in the book of mitzvot, the Sefer mitzvot, he lists Eidut Sheker, telling lies in Beidin, as one of the Tariyad mitzvot, also Shvuat Sheker, to make a false oath. It also says that there's a special halacha, that a Beidin, when they're hearing witness, when they're hearing a plaintiff's claims, must not do that when the other party is not there. 
even though they're going to hear the two sides clearly. They're not going to just hear one side and not hear the other. And when the one side is there by themselves, they're not going to allow them to say things that they're not going to check up afterwards with the other side. But nevertheless, says the Gemara, because of the Devar Sheketirchak, it's not correct for Beitin to do that. In Pirkei Avot, the last Mishnah in the first parak tells us that the world survives because of three things. Hadin, Ha'emet, and Shalom. On these three things the world stands. But now let's think a little bit deeper. What's going to happen if there's a contradiction between Emet and Shalom? Then what are we going to do? The three principles are Din, that means halachic rulings, true rulings, correct rulings, Emet, the truth, and Shalom, peace. Between Emet and Shalom, there can be a contradiction. It can be that by saying the Emet, you're not going to have Shalom. You're going to cause an argument. You're going to cause Machlokot. And so what are we supposed to do in a situation like that? We find that when the three angels came to Avraham Avinu and Sarah to tell them that they're going to have children and that uh, right, that they're going to have children so we find a bit of a discrepancy which Chazal point out to us when Sarah heard the angels saying that she's going to have a son so she laughed to herself and said ha how can I have a son at my at this age when Avraham, my husband, is so old? He can't have a child anymore. But later on, a few psukim later, when Hashem is saying to Avraham that Sarah laughed, he said that she laughed because she said, she said that she is old and won't be able to have children. He didn't tell Avraham the truth. The truth was that Sarah said that Avraham is old and he can't have children. But that, even though it was the truth, it would have insulted Avraham. He would have been insulted to hear that his wife had said that he was the problem, he was the reason they wouldn't be able to have children. And in order to prevent that insult, which may cause a problem of shalom, Shalom Bayit. Therefore Hashem changed and did not say the truth. If even Hashem didn't say the truth in order to, in order to, to, for there to be peace, then so much more we too can not tell the truth where we're going to be promoting Shalom by not telling the truth, or if by telling the truth, we're going to be hurting the shalom. There won't be shalom because of this truth. Where there's a contradiction between emet and shalom, we see from here 
that we're supposed to go after the shalom and not the emet. Of course, we have to be very, very careful with this and to make decisions by ourselves as when we can lie and when we can't lie, when to tell the truth and when not the truth. To not, not to tell the truth is a very, very difficult and dangerous decision to be making. But who said it was easy being a Jew? Rabbi Dessler writes, What is Emmet and what is Sheker? What is the truth and what is a lie? We have been educated, says Rabbi Dessler, that truth is saying what actually happened and lying is when you change that. However, says Rav Desta, that's only in simple situations. But there are many ways, there are many situations where that is not the way. Sometimes it's forbidden, he says, to say things actually as they are. To say that someone else has a defect, even though that's the truth. It can be prohibited in certain situations. If there's no special reason why you need to tell this to the person, you'd be able to lie about it and say, no, everything's okay with him. Sometimes you have to change. Sometimes the truth is going to cause damage. Like we have, we see in the case of Abraham and Sarah. And in such a situation where the truth is going to damage, what we think is the truth is actually a lie. It's actually Shekhar. Because the result of what we say is going to be bad. Wherever the result of what we say is going to be bad, that is Shekhar. And wherever the result of what we're going to say is going to be truth, is going to be good, that is emet. So it comes out, says Reb Desla, to summarize what we've said. Truth is what brings good and makes Hashem happy. And lying is what is going to give power to the Sitra Akhra to the bad forces in the world. That's the real definition of what is truth and what is Sheker. It comes out from this, explains Rav Desla, that no one is ever going to be able to behave completely, truthfully, until they have overcome all their physical desires. Because as long as you have physical desires, those overcome you and that's what causes us to make wrong decisions and to think that we can lie in a situation when we really can't lie. To think that good is going to come out of a particular situation if we don't tell the truth when really that's not true and we're being blinded by our own desires into thinking like that. So... That's why in a, any situation you have to take advice. You have to discuss it with your friends, with your rabbis, right? 
That's why we have friends and rabbis to discuss things with, right? It says in Pirkei Avot that we need to have a friend in order to be able to, to tell him these things and he'll be able to reprove us and tell us with a clear mind if what we're doing is correct or not correct. It's very important to have friends that you can talk to about these things. So, when Yaakov went to Esav, we see, I wanted a Kodesh Baruch who answered to Yitzchak. When, 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 when um, Yitzchak realized his mistake, we're told by the Potter, Vichared Charadag Dola Ad Me'od. The walls of the house started shaking when Yitzhak realized that he'd been cheated by, by Yaakov. And he said, who's the one that's going to give Cheshbon for this? Me or Yaakov? Who's, who's at fault here? Am I at fault that I let him fool me? Or is he at fault that he tried to fool me? This is what um, uh, Yitzchak asked himself. And the Yalkut in Toldot tells us, the Yalkut to this parasha tells us that HaKadosh Baruch who said to him, it's not you and it's not Yaakov. But it's the one who trapped. That means referring to Esav. He's the one that's going to have to be given about what happened here. Not you and not Yaakov. He's the one that lied. You're not the liars. Between the two of you, between the two of you, Yaakov and Yitzchak, you have turned things to be the way that they're supposed to be. Ruach HaKodesh was that it was supposed to be that Yaakov was going to get the bracha and not Esav. And by these cheating ways, you change things to be the way they're supposed to be. The lies caused the good to come out. Where lies cause good, then that's the emet. Only where lies cause bad is there a problem. It's a tremendous thing for us to get around to understand. Because we, like we said before, like Rav Desla says in his opening remarks, we've always been brought up to understand that truth is what actually happened and lies is what didn't actually happen. But that's not true. Truth is what's going to lead to good. And a lie is what's going to lead to bad. Like I said, this is a really difficult area. How are we going to decide in any situation, whether it's a situation that you could, should change from the truth or not change from the truth, right? It's something we definitely need to take advice about. Even after the situation has happened to check that we were right to do that thing in that situation. And 
Who said it was easy being a Jew? Right? Hashem Bezat Hashem is going to help all of us to make the right decisions and do the right thing in the right situations. And Bezat Hashem that we won't make mistakes. Have a good week, everybody. Have a good Shabbat and have a good week. All the best. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halakhic consultation, monetary bedin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at vshc.org to subscribe.